Bandwidth for this week in photography is brought to you by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This Week in Photography is sponsored by Audible. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash twip for a free downloadable book. This week on the show, the war on photography, breaking into the business, and Thomas Hawk from Zoomer, right here on This Week in Photography, number 31. Welcome to This Week in Photography, and how you know my name is Scott Bourne. I didn't start with, hey, everybody. <laughs> but, very uh, funny. Very funny. Hey, everybody himself is in the studio here at Pixel Corn, beautiful San Francisco. It's Alex Lindsay. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hey, everybody. There we go. That's the end. I, I look forward to that. I really do. I pick on him, but I look forward to that. And uh, in New York City, the world-famous photojournalist and Nikon mentor, Mr. Steve Simon, joins us. Hi, guys. I, I need to get a, a Hey Everybody tagline. I'll, I'll work on that. For next week. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working on T-shirts. Are you? Let's <laughs> just say a Hey Everybody. No, hey Everybody on the back, it just goes, Hey. Yeah. We're hoping that uh, Mr. Fred Johnson joins us soon, but as usual, he's running on San Jose time, which is somewhere like Newfoundland time. It's anywhere from 15 to 30 well, well, minutes well, off you the know, real time. You know that you know in, in Mumbai, it's like this half hour thing. There we go. It's like they, they've split it in half. Well, well, Fred's about, I, well, I think it, he's about half an hour off. And when he gets here closer to half an hour, then well, then Well, that's Newfoundland early. time too. Right. If you watch right. Canadian TV, which for some reason I do, I just find oh, it interesting. You, you should. You should. I, yeah. And they say, in the CBC, watch the news at 5, 4.30 in Newfoundland. <laughs> and I always go, what the heck is that all about? Anyway, um, we do have a special guest coming in later on the show, Mr. Thomas Hawk. Those of you who are familiar with Flickr and photography probably know Thomas. He also has done some stuff with Mr. Scoble. And uh, he's, you know, he's like world famous. We're just sort of famous. Thomas Hawk is world famous. So we're going to have him on a little bit later. A couple of things to take care of. I wanted to mention that we appreciate the support of Audible audiblepodcast.com slash twip. That's the place to go. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Also want to mention that if you link to us from your blog or website and you happen to be a U.S. resident 18 or older, guess what? You have a chance to win a Drobo. You can be drobatized. And, you, and, when, and when you're drobatized, you'll feel droovy. That's correct. And uh, I, I like the Drobo so much, I'm building a, a vest of, of Drobos, just like I have a vest of iPhones. I'm going to have a vest made out of Drobos now. That's, that's, you know, you know, and and, and if, someone, if someone actually shoots at you, you'll go, oh, that part was backed up. That's right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, just link to us and uh, details on our contest page at the blog. Hey, you know about the blog, don't you? Twipphoto.com. Be sure to visit it. There's a blog, twipphoto.com. Lots of stuff happens every, every day. Every single day. Every day. Links to everything. Links to our Twitter. Links to our Flickr. Links to our you know, IRS files, whatever. It's all right there at twipphoto.com. Lots of information for free. Let's get into the photography news. And for that, we're going to bring in Steve Simon real quick because we're going to talk about what Bill Epridge is doing. Steve, you know more about this than the rest of us. Why don't you pick this one up? Well, sure. Um, well, it, you know, this week is uh, the 40th anniversary of the uh, the Bobby Kennedy assassination. And uh, Bill Epridge, the great uh, life photographer who was uh, first, probably best known for his uh, photo essay on New York's Needle Park, which I think was Washington Square Park in the 50s, and uh, it was a, a quite a, a, a penetrating essay. And, and then he uh, went on to cover Bobby Kennedy during the, um, the 68 campaign, and, uh, you know, he was there um, 
the night that uh, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated, and he got that uh, iconic image of uh, the busboy, whose name escapes me, um, looking up uh, as uh, as Bobby Kennedy lay uh, dying there. And uh, I just remember seeing Bill Eppridge speak at one point and talk about his work. He really is a great photographer and has done so much in his career. And he said that night, um, after covering the campaign, um, Obviously, there was a huge crowd around that situation, and, and a woman, you know, said to him, you know, what are you doing? You can't take that picture. And, you know, he's a, he's a, man, he's a photographer of great sensitivity, but he realized that, you know, sorry, ma'am, I mean, this, this is history. He needed to record this for posterity, and, and we're, we're kind of glad that he did. Um, in that uh, link to, uh, I think we'll put a link to it, the, there's a, a kind of a, a little multimedia piece on, on that story, and there's an image, that iconic image that uh, uh, you'll see it's kind of um, burnt, and that, that's what happened, in a, and there was a fire, I guess, in, in his house, and, and that's the way it, uh, that, that image was, was, was burned, but it, it, the core of it remained, and in essence, you know, it becomes even more uh, compelling when you see it that way. Well, that's a good segue into our next news item, the war on photography. It appears everywhere we go, we're starting to hear more and more stories about this. So we do have a news item. Actually, I'm going to propose that in the next couple of episodes, we want to start thinking about doing an entire show about this. Because no, I think we need to get some people. I've gotten yeah. about 100 emails yeah. in the last two days alone about this. But uh, let's, uh, let's, I'm not sure how to pronounce Bruce's name. S-C-H-N-E-I-E-R. Schneider? Schneider. Schneider, I think. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, has uh, some worthwhile reading regarding legal issues surrounding photographers. Uh, post 9-11, we're, go- we, we're going to uh, put some links to a photographer's guide, I believe, in the show notes this week. Is that correct, Alex? Yeah, so uh, Aaron's going to put some uh, – this is a uh, PDF that you can read and look at and keep in your bag to remind you of what you're allowed to do and what you right. and what exceptions might occur and so on and so forth. Yeah, basically, uh, you know, it, it's time for photographers to start thinking about asserting their rights because if they don't, guess what's going to happen to them? They're going to go away. Well, you know, and we had a, I had a discussion with someone about this uh, yesterday. And uh, one of the things that uh, is important is is the the power of a transparent society. You know, and, and this is the thing that we have to look at. Is it's not just oh, we want to take our photos and we want to have the right to take our little photos, but a transparent society changes the way. I mean, violence changes uh, what a government can do, what people can do, what people will do changes when there's a lot of cameras around. You know, and and the thing is, is that that um, sometimes is good, sometimes is bad. But um, but I think it's important. I mean, there's there's a good reason that the 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 good reason in the Bill of Rights, the first thing that we talked about was people being able to not be slowed down. Well, related to that, the Fox News Channel Washington, <laughs> D.C. was was made, was made aware that photographers were being hassled <laughs> by security and union stations. So, okay, If you're listening, you have to go up here and you have to watch this video. It is They, they take their cameras there to interview the head spokesman for Amtrak, who is explaining quite detailed that there aren't any laws or rules of any kind against photography inside the train station at all when now wait for it a security guard comes up and tells the tv crew they have to turn the cameras off (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. You yeah. gotta love it. Uh, but, uh, some, yeah, that's, some heads are rolling on that one. That's good, all I got. Good say. time to bring Fred Johnson in, who uh, was being tracked by security cameras all the way from San Jose all the way. to San Francisco. He's finally in on the show. What do you think about all this legal stuff? Fred? You know, it, it, it's, it's weird. So it does, it, from my perspective, it doesn't matter how many laws get passed or how many, how many times we say that, you know, it's cool that you shoot wherever you go, whatever. You know, there's still going to be that ignorant security guard that's going to think, uh, hey, it, it may not be the right thing, so I'm going to err on the side of caution and tell them to stop, and then we can sort it all later. So no matter how much we lobby and how much we say, you know, okay, we, it's okay to shoot in the Embarcadero. It's okay to shoot wherever, the Statue of Liberty, as long as there's some underpaid person that's there. Well, and, I, and I have to admit that I, I operate assuming that someone's going to tell me to stop. Yeah, you know, so I I have this whole process of I take I if I want to shoot I got stopped uh, if I want to like shoot in Yerba Buena where they're particularly yeah, yeah. Um, uh, touchy uh, for whatever reason um, it's the whole thing in San Francisco it's all about putting the tripod down as soon as you put the tripod on the ground uh, they're going to be upset you know and so I take a, a couple handheld shots and then I someone actually made me delete the photos one time so I took a couple handheld shots and then what I do now do is I have another I, I swap the, the cards mm-hmm. and then I and I set up my exposure I set up what I, basically how I want to frame it my zoom and everything else and then I pull the tripod out and I just start firing away and as I see the security guard I just swap the card back in just in case you know you know and and uh, and, and I've gotten really good it at might it. have something to do with the way you dress too so maybe if it's you like dress, dress like a tourist you know with paisleys and shorts and sandals you know you look like a tourist well I, I, like I said we want to do a whole show on this but I will close by saying I did hear that the LA uh, Flickr photo walk group was downtown LA a couple weekends ago and they were out in front of some building not a you know it was downtown LA so it wasn't like out on a military installation and they were on, you know, on the sidewalk, and sure enough, some security guard came up and said, "Hey, would you do me a favor and quit taking pictures? You know, you're not allowed to take pictures here." And one of the guys in the group said, "Well, actually, I am." Right. Well, uh, you're going to have to stop. He said, "Well, no, actually, I don't." <laughs> and uh, he said, "You know, well, we're going to we're going to call the police." He said, "Okay, actually, I'll just wait here for him." Right. Well, then we're not going to call the police. We're going to call Homeland Security and get you in trouble with terrorists and stuff like that. And he's like, "Oh, okay. Well, whatever." And he he said he was ready to go actually about the time they walked out. So he stayed there for an hour, waiting for just them waiting to, for them to do something. And some lady came out and said, "Hadn't you learned your lesson yet?" And he said, "Well, haven't you learned yours?" <laughs> so can what I, can I just add a steering contest? Yeah. You can, but hang on, Steve. We're getting okay, to the punchline sure. on this. Got, we're oh, going to organize a group of photographers to go stand on that sidewalk. All the twippers <laughs> in the LA area. We're going to put this together on the blog. We want right. you to stand on that sidewalk and, and take, take pictures. And we're going to arm every one of you with uh, what you need to know. And we're also going to try to have an attorney there to document what goes on. And these kinds of things. There was a thing in LA last week where a bunch of photographers went to one of the train platforms. Mm-hmm. all within their legal rights. It's just to kind of bring attention to this. And then finally on this, I personally am going to pay for a billboard from one of the major advertising agencies that simply says photography is not illegal. Right. It's not a crime. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we got to start doing these things. We got to keep mm-hmm. it, got to keep it nice, got to keep it friendly. I'm not advocating becoming crazy, but we do have to get the word out there. Go don't, ahead, Steve. Don't get all yeah, crazy, pe- Scott. People, goes, shooting oh. is not a crime for that billboard. <laughs> 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 Notice I said photography. You know, when people are going to download this photographer's right PDF, you know, they'll see that, you know, for the most part, just about everything is actually legal in terms of, you know, the, the, the law. But it's, it's just all the nuances. I mean, generally, you're not going to win an argument uh, when, you know, someone of authority tries to uh, stop you from doing it. But, and there is a sensitivity. I mean, let's face it. I mean, even 
after 9-11, I don't know if you guys know this, but at the site itself, uh, they talked about ticketing people that were photographing because, you know, in, in initially it was a crime scene and, and they made it illegal. They didn't want cameras around. But, but of course, in the end, they, they didn't do that. But, uh, you know, we just have to stay kind of, um, you know, we have to be reasonable about it, but we can't, we can't give on it because, like you say, for all those reasons, it's, it's, really, it's really important uh, for checks and balances to be able to do what we do. Well, it'll be interesting to have a show on this topic, and it may even be possible within our own little panel will have disagreement on how to handle it but i think it's a good dialogue to engage in and i think it's something we'll want to maybe bring in an attorney yeah. who specializes in photography uh we'll get we'll get going on but let's finish off the news with uh, really more bad news from kodak they're increasing prices for all their well select consumable products as much as 20 percent on uh on certain things and it's based on the, the the soaring prices of the raw materials they use, like silver and aluminum. And oil. Petroleum, of course, is oil. one of those things. Uh, and, and this brings about a broader point. Um, I was at Cal- Calumet the other day, and I said, how much is this bag? And the guy said, well, it says 350 but it's 370 I said, so how's that work? He goes, well, all the stuff that comes from Europe, we've had to surcharge because they've surcharged us because the transportation costs have gotten so high and because the euro is so strong against the dollar that they can no longer afford to sell the stuff in this country at the original retail price. So all of these things are impacting photography and something to be aware of. Let's move on to our site of the week. This is a great one. Mm-hmm. This place is really kind of interesting. And, and guess what? This came from a listener. Yeah. I, I, I had visited this site a while ago and forgotten about it, but Martin Drake knew about it. And thanks to our crowdsourcing, Martin Drake suggested it. PickLens.com, P-I-C-L-E-N's.com, instantly transforms your browser into a full-screen slideshow, which it is, is one click. It is fantastic. So what happens is you end up with, at least I have it on the Firefox, and uh, you have... Uh, you install this plugin, and you see this little uh, this little icon on, on up near your search area. And if you're in Flickr, if you're in a Flickr group with a bunch of photos, and you click that button, you get this super interactive, yep. you know, images floating around. It is uh, it it really changes Flickr completely. <laughs> and they got stuff for Windows, Mac, Linux, Firefox, yeah. Safari, and even those remaining nine people that use Internet Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely check that out. It is it is uh, really really outstanding. At first, I, I, I downloaded, it. I couldn't figure out how to make it work. Like I'd I'd click on it, and nothing really happened because I was in the wrong pages. But if you go to something like Flickr and you click it on it, you'll see the you'll see the full power. And one thing to add on that, I, I played with that a while back, and I I actually had to uninstall it. Hopefully they've they've corrected whatever the issue that i was having but it seems like a bunch of people are having the issue that that particular plugin in your browser was crashing on some flash enabled sites or something oh, really yeah and i couldn't figure out what was gone it's just like you go to the page and then whatever the flash element was on that page would just hang and then the browser would just die so i had to do the whole geek thing and trace back and see what was going on and it was that plugin this wow, was like okay. this was this was like um i don't know maybe three or four months ago so i'm sure okay. they probably corrected well, i tried it this morning worked fine but I haven't gone to a lot of flashlights. Yeah. And I have had some, some trouble with flashlights. Yeah. So, so I guess the message, the takeaway from that is if you try it, I mean, it's a great, I, I agree just with Alex. It's awesome. It's, so if you have some issues, really cool. that may be it. But, you know, assuming that they haven't fixed the problem yet. Okay, we got to announce the winners of our most recent photo challenge. Uh, the topic, if you will recall, is adventure. And as usual, we gave you no advice. Pick anything you want to talk about, show about, photo about that represents adventure. And the winner is... Kyle Platner. 
he did a really cool picture of this woman walking through the surf and it was all like heavily cross-processed and very hip and normally you know, I wouldn't like something like that because I've never been accused of being hip in my life. But <laughs> I have to say that there just was having just... having a bum hip, right? Yeah, just so you know, the process, when, you know, I, I don't know what everybody else does. But when I'm scrolling through these pictures, I actually go ahead and make the window very large, but the picture is very small. So I can see 30 or so at a time. And if it doesn't pop off of the page in that format for me it's not going to get into the consideration pool this was one of the ones that popped off right away it was very different i kept going back to it i couldn't quit looking at it that's a mark of a great photo so congratulations to the winner kyle platner and runner-up was about oh a human eyelash apart from that one it was that close keith rowell who i believe is from australia did a very dramatic photographed all kinds of crazy lighting and stuff i mean it almost looks like it was done in some other universe where there's more than one sun i'm not sure how he pulled it off but anyway that was also very nice thank you to everybody who submitted it's very easy to submit go to our Flickr challenge pool and enter your phone and while you're there uh submit a a picture on the next topic which is water 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 any kind of water. Any kind of water. Drops, it could be frozen water, steam. frozen ice cubes would work. We're not going to tell you what to do. Just go ahead and put it up there. We're going to figure out what the prizes are and put them on the blog. You can get all this information by going to the contest page at the top of the twitphoto.com blog. Speaking of Flickr, we are just nigh on 5,000 members. We're getting there. We need some Appalachian Americans to join up. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> I already joined. Could you call some of your kin? I'll call them. I'll call them. We're just, we're like in around 4,900. We need 5,000. I want that number 5,000. It just makes me feel good. We also have 2,200 members in the critique forum. Uh, if you're looking for critiques, that's the place to go. I have to say, there are a lot of very snarky, nasty, unhelpful critique forums online because somehow people get a lot braver when they're hiding behind a computer and nobody knows who they are. But our forum is very nice. The people are actually quite helpful. And there's a bunch of people that are regulars that are starting to establish themselves as folks who really help out in there. Now, keep in mind, critique is a critique. You like strawberry, I like chocolate, it's all ice cream. It doesn't mean your photo is good or bad because somebody said so in the critique forum, but it is feedback. Right. And feedback's helpful, so go get in there. And we all try to go in there, all of us on the show, and, and, and critique an image or two every week. So check that out. We also have the results of our poll. We did a poll to find out basically how old y'all are. And a surprising number of you are closer to my age than I thought. Uh, a, a big chunk of the audience is 35+. plus. So, but uh, Scott, shouldn't we have a poll that sort of asks, uh, you know, do you lie about your age? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I didn't do the poll that says, how old would you like to be? That was, <laughs> that was the one I wanted to answer. I'm but sad that, you know, only 2.8% are in my age group. What, eight, eight years old? <laughs> Emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you meant physical age. Okay. Oh, man. 45.3. Well, I yeah. looked at the numbers. I looked at the numbers and I realized, you know, that it does kind of make sense because to do serious photography, you have to have some disposable income most of the time and, and, and some time. And so the older older you are, the more likely you are to have a little of that. So anyway, that was an interesting poll. And uh, we have a new poll up. Do you buy your gear online or from a, a local retailer or other and I don't know who other would be aliens, used car salesmen. <laughs> but I just I get yelled at if I don't 
think of everything when I do the poll. So I'm now I other covers everything else. So I buy it at the farmers market myself. Yeah, there you go. They've got so, really good. In case you're in, in, in case you're that one person in Newfoundland who buys his gear at the farmers market, other is your choice. I just hang around <laughs> airports and wait for Alex to pass through and leave gear on seats. <laughs> <laughs> Easy on the Newfoundlanders. Okay, sure. I love Newfoundland, Steve. I know you do. I, I, know. I, I rode around in a dryer up there with a beautiful 19 year old girl. Anyway, that's, that's pretty much what they do for fun. They ride around okay. in the dryers at the laundromat. Make sure you turn the heat off first. See, now we're going to okay. get more emails. That's okay. all I'm saying. Yeah. Wait, listen, we got to make somebody mad every week. It's in the rules. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. That's all I'm saying. Okay, enough goofing around. We got some serious business to do, and, and that is to introduce Thomas Hawk. Thomas Hawk is a very well-known photographer on Flickr and other places. His work is, well, let's call it prolific. Um, he shoots... Lots of pictures every day, no matter what, seven days a week. Thomas, we're honored to have you on This Week in Photography. Hey, glad to be here. It's a great show. And it's very convenient of you to live in San Francisco, by the way. Thank you, because that made this easier. Or the Bay Area. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Was, if you uh, live in the San Francisco area, we, we, we like it, because then you can come in. Yeah, what do, what do I send that hotel bill to? <laughs> Pedango. Alex, Alex Lindsay. There we go. <laughs> well, we, we, we want to talk to you about a lot of things. You, you, first of all... Um, uh, many many of our listeners were excited to hear you were coming on. So you have a following. Uh, I get a few people like my stuff. I've got uh, a couple people out there. So now, where where do you you, pro- you post a lot on Flickr? Uh, I do. I post. I've been posting a lot on Flickr for the last few years. Um, I also post on Zoomer. Uh, I post on Pounce. Uh, my stuff shows up on Friend Feed. Uh, I've got accounts though at almost all the. Photo where do you put sites. the most of your picture? Where's the bulk of your work? Uh, I've got more photos on Zoomer right now than any anywhere else. But uh, you know, I've got uh, I've got a lot of photos on Flickr. I've got a little over thirteen thousand, I think, photos on Flickr, and about uh, almost twenty thousand on Zoomer. We're uh, going to get into Zoomer in just a yeah. second. Um, uh, I, I do have a couple of questions right off the bat I want to ask you that listeners wrote in to me asking me to ask you. Uh-oh. <laughs> so um, one of them was, um, do you s- – I just have two and then we'll get some questions from Fred because he's got some, some good ones too. But um, the first one was, do you see things like Flickr or Zoomer or all these online places as the be-all, end-all, final resting place, so to speak, of your photos, as opposed to in the old days, you know, we made prints. Sure, sure. And we'd have prints, and then the prints might be exhibited or put in contests, but the print was sort of the benchmark. That's where the photo ended. Right, Do right. you see that step being obviated now, and the photos end at Flickr? Well, yes and no. I mean, I think one of the beautiful things about, uh, you know, a site like Flickr is that, um, you know, now anybody can publish their work. I mean, it used to be back in the olden days, uh, you know, yeah, you had to print it out, you had to get a show, you had to, you know, and even then, I mean, maybe you took a third prize at the uh, Alameda County Fair and, uh, you know, a couple Actually, hundred people saw your fourth. Okay. <laughs> right. But, you know, but now, I mean, anybody um, really can go on the internet and publish their stuff. And, you know, I look at Flickr and I've always looked at Flickr as sort of an online fine art gallery and mm. where people can show their work. And so in a lot of ways, I think for a lot of people, it is the be all end all. I mean, there are a lot of people that will never uh, do a show. They'll never be shown in any museums or anything like that. And yet they can go out there, produce great work for relatively, you know, you know, low amounts of money and uh, and publish it. So for, so I think it is for a lot of people. On the other hand, I do think that there are a lot of other people that will use Flickr in some ways as a springboard to something else. So, uh, you know, my uh, my pal Merkley, who, who Fred knows, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yep. you know, Merkley does these uh, beautiful uh, photographs of um, – 
uh, beautiful women. Saying. Yeah, exactly. Scantily clad, beautiful yeah. women. Without without clothes and, and with cats and guitars and couches and lamps. But, you know, you know, Merkley did a show recently down at 111 Mina. And, and, you know, so I think a lot of people, it starts out as a place where they show their work. And then their work also morphs and transforms into printed shows and books and other things as well. Well, in some ways it can be, if you know what you're doing with it, it's, it can turn into a bit of a meritocracy where people are, are you know, really, you're getting a big following because mm-hmm. the photos are good. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure, sure. I mean, I mean, one of the things that I've always said, and it's not perfect in any means, but I've always seen Flickr as a democratization of, of photography and fine art photography. Uh, right. You know, because I think a lot, because it is so accessible to so many people, and, you know, one criticism that I've had of fine art photography for a long time is that uh, so much of it's, you know, it, it's kind of who you know and who you're connected to. I mean, would Jeff Wall be Jeff Wall, uh, you know, were it not for the fact that he's got all his connections and he prints his stuff up really big and, yeah. you know, does these photographs and, and, you know, then he's down at the SF MoMA. Yeah. Right. Do, do you, um, the other question that one of the listeners wanted me to ask you was how much post-processing do you do to your photographs? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I post-process every single image. So I only shoot in raw and uh, 95% of my post-production work is done in Adobe Camera Raw. Mm-hmm. So, so you don't do a ton of tweaking after that? No, I don't. I mean, maybe 5% in Photoshop, you know, so a little bit. I mean, I'll adjust, you know, the contrast and the temperature and get things where I want it in Camera Raw. But other than that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to publish, you know, anywhere from 20 to 50 photos a day. You know, I'm shooting 100 to 300 photos. I really can't afford to spend three hours on an image. Well, that was going to be my uh, spinoff question of that. Do you see Flickr as the place where people are generally just like they're sort of vomiting up their all their photos? Like, well, this is all the stuff I shot. Yeah. Are they being more selective? And then how does that affect you? Are you being more selective? These are my best shots from today or this is like everything I shot this yeah, week? Yeah. You know, I think it really depends on the person. I mean, there are people up there. I mean, I think there are people on Flickr that have over 100,000 photos on there that, you know, have their camera phone automatically hooked up and go out there and <laughs> shoot everything. And, and you know, I mean, I, I think those people don't get a lot of uh, followers following right. per se because, yeah. I mean, people, there's just a lot of mediocre photos. Um, you know, and then there are other people that will fo- post one photo a week and it'll be an awesome great photo uh part of that may just be their style and their workflow and they're highly you know critical of what they publish and they only want their best stuff um you know other people it'll be one a day so you know it kind of all depends for me um you know i take uh you know anywhere from 100 to 500 photos on an average day and i process about 10 percent of what i do and so you know each day i'll put up like i said 20 to 50 photos and hopefully they're all strong enough to stand on their own. I mean, most of my photos that I take never get published, but, uh, you know. So, you know, I, I know we had the conversation about a week ago, actually a week ago today. Sure, yeah. We, we chatted and did the video. But uh, Flickr photographers, one of, the, one of the questions that came up, a bunch of people um, at Adobe were thanking me for doing that video of you, and so thanks for doing that. Uh, thanks, yeah. But uh, one of the questions that came, we had this debate actually yesterday, uh, and folks were saying, the debate between the Flickr photographer and the "quote unquote" real photographer. Do you see? Do you see that? Peop- is it? Is there that notion that Flickr photographers are somehow substandard to real photographers? Well, you know, I think it depends on who you ask. Um, I mean, the New York Times did a piece on uh, Flickr just recently here, and I was interviewed for that. And you know, in part, you know, when I read that article, it was kind of uh, well, you know, there's real photographers, and then there are these folks on Flickr, and yeah. you know, the amateur photographers and things like that. But I, you know, I don't think that's the case. You know, I yeah. think that you know a lot of the work that I see people producing on Flickr um, is every good as what I see on fine art photographers producing in 
you know, museums and galleries and, and pros shooting, uh, you know, out there for, for the press and for, you know, other the things. audience is certainly larger. Right? Uh, yeah, in a lot of ways it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can publish, I mean, uh, my photos on Flickr have been viewed over 9 million times now. And, you know, so, you know, that's it was 2 million be... last week. Now it's 9 million. <laughs> <laughs> a big bump there. Now, no. no, it's at least according to Flickr stats. I mean, who knows if those are right or not, but you know, it's, you know, I think that, yeah, there is a huge audience. In fact, and I do think you'll start to see more fine art photography more traditional photographers begin to get Flickr a little bit better. And, and if for no other reason than, you know, like a celebrity gets MySpace a little bit better, it's a promotional tool for their stuff. Well, I think, right. And I also think this is a kind of a cross. This is something that is, uh, goes across all these medias. Bloggers aren't really press. Uh, filmmakers who yeah. make stuff aren't really filmmakers. Right. Uh, photographers, you know, pro photographers, you know, want to, and, and there's a reason you want to distinguish yourself from, right. you know, the quote unquote unwashed masses. Well, you if know, you're charging uh, $25,000 for a wedding, you got to have a reason. Yeah, you, you do need to separate yourself from the guy that does $15 weddings off Flickr. That's obvious. Right. Well, how, how does a professional photographer do that? Distinguish themselves? Yeah. I'm asking. You know, I mean, my, my own opinion is, I mean, I think a lot of the people that are working as professionals, I mean, um, have already built those connections and are entrenched. And if, if you're a great wedding photographer, I mean, I mean, unfortunately, I think the downside is, is, is that there's less and less ways to be a professional photographer anymore. And I think a lot of the lines between amateur and professionals are, are, are blurring. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just sold a picture this week uh, to Toyota. They're going to run a print campaign down in Australia for a year. And, you know, I've sold photos for greeting cards and this and that. And I don't consider myself, it's certainly not my full-time job. Right. Yeah. But I think, in, you know, unless you are a wedding photographer, I mean, that's one place where there's still money or, or a portrait photographer. Um, you know, photographers in general these days, I mean, the days of, you know, Mary Ellen Marks, you know, getting a big pot of money for, from Life Magazine to go shoot in India, I think are gone. Yep. Yeah. I mean, either you're a celebrity photographer, there's still money in that, or you're, um, you know, uh, you're doing, you're the, one of the select, select few um, that happens to be seen as a fine art photographer out there. Um, you know, Gregory Crutzen or Jeff Wall or one of these folks. But, uh, you know, other than that, the vast majority, I think there's a large population of advanced amateurs that are out there selling stuff. And, and yeah. you know, but it's not a living. It's not professional. And, but I look at those people and, you know, this distinction between Flickr and, and pros, you know, I don't see it. I mean, yeah. a lot of times I'll see somebody that I think is every bit as talented, as good as, uh, you know, a, a you know, professional fine art photographer or commercial the photographer. The difference is marketing. It, a, yeah. In a lot of ways it is, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. it's, it's like any, any other, any art. You, know, you could be the starving artist and live for your art or, right. or not. Right. St- Steve, Thomas, I, I, yeah, I, I had a question for you, Thomas. I, I know you're a busy guy. I know you have a family, yet you, you either find or make the time to be as prolific as you are and shoot every single day. Um, what gives there? What do you have to sacrifice something in order to do it, or uh, how how do you manage to 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 make that happen? Sure, sure. Well, I mean, for me, uh, you know, photography is is at this point, and, not, and granted, I am an edge case. I'm an extreme case. I mean, I don't think normal people necessarily. I mean, not that I'm not normal, but carry around a, a backpack full of uh, you know five L series lenses and a Canon five D every place they go. Um, but you know, in my own case, uh, you know, photography is a passion for me. It's something. That that I feel very strongly about. I'm trying to publish a million photographs before I die. Uh, you know, I shoot every single You've day. You've only got 87 to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be careful. I'm going to live a long time. You should and, be clicking uh, away right now, Tom. You know, five, five years from now, Adobe's going to make even more beautiful stuff, and it's going to be faster and better. Yeah. Actually, I've already taken a few photos in the studio since I've been here. So. Oh, awesome. Uh, so, yeah, here's, here's a quick question for you. Speaking yeah. of Adobe, um, yeah. 
so there's also along with that Flickr real versus Flickr photography. Sure. There's also the debate about Photoshop versus or photoshopped imagery or or manipulated sure. imagery versus quote unquote pure imagery. Yeah. Where do you fall on that? Do you think it's okay to manipulate an image? And where's the line? Well, I mean, if it hasn't been used uh, with an Adobe product, it's not art, right? Hey. No. <laughs> that was rhetorical, right? Yeah, no, you're no, looking no. at me. <laughs> no, no, um, no. I mean, I, I mean, I'm an image whore. You know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, take a look at an, an you image know. whore. Well, I mean, you, you know, I'm not you heard a, it here first. On I'm not, I've never heard that. Before. An image whore. Is an image whore? New adjective. I think, I think, I think my friend Akia Lee, who's on Flickr, is the first person that I heard say the word image whore. But oh. um, no, I mean, I, like I, I think, I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think almost every image can be improved versus what comes out of the camera. Mm-hmm. And it depends on your what you're doing. I mean, Steve Simon is a photojournalist. He's, yeah. he's got definite rules, right, Steve? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not going to uh, sort of mess with the pixels. I'll I'll do what I have to to process an image. You know, a la the old uh, techniques, make it light, dark. Yeah, generally, so photojournalists come down on the line of if I could have done it in a wet dark room, I can do it online. And or where do, where does that go back to, Steve? Does it go back to say, for instance, well, it, if you were shooting film? Would you would you not use a filter on the camera or like in 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 Photoshop? Would you not crop? Like, where is that line yeah. of not altering pixels? I think really it, it comes down to credibility, and these days, I mean, we all know just how how seamless uh, changes can be can be made very simply. And a lot of photojournalists have been seduced by that and have been caught. and And frankly, you, you can't recover because the one thing you can control is, to a certain extent, is your credibility and what you will or, or will not do. But yeah, I think it comes down to uh, sort of people believing what they saw in in publications, and by that. Um, you know, obviously cropping was okay, although a lot of photographers didn't, didn't like it. But in terms of sort of manipulating the reality, I mean, in the end, the image was supposed to be kind of uh, the best depiction of reality um, that was in front of, front of the camera. So you couldn't, you didn't want to set things up, although there's a history of that. And, you know, we can get, that could be a whole show too. Yeah, yeah totally. I, th- I think that this, what's interesting is that, so there's that set of rules. Then there's the other set of rules, like for a fine art photographer. Sure. And in a fine art photographer's situation, all that matters, all that matters, all, all, all that matters is the final image. Nothing yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. matter how you got to it because it, you, you want to talk about reality. I get, I get a kick out of this. Old time photographers that you know are anti Photoshop or whatever, you know, they say, "Well, look at this beautiful print I made in 1964 at at at, at Multnomah Falls." And I'll look at the print, and the water will be all cottony because they use a slow shutter speed. And I'll say, "So, so you're telling me in real life." That waterfall looks like that? Well, well, no. I used a slow shutter speed. So, I mean, there is no real photography is what I'm getting at. Everything's manipulated to some some degree. Uh, it's, it's, and it's, it's, it really depends on your job. If you're, if you're Steve Simon, photojournalist, you've got to pay attention. Yeah. yeah I mean, you I, can't put like a bong in President Bush's hand or something. Oh, you could try. <laughs> With great power Steve, comes great can we work on that, Steve? I know you're going to be <laughs> the Republican I'll, I'll get convention. on it right away. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I take, uh, I take photo, photos thinking about how I'm going to Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> Alex shoots clip art. Yeah. 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 No, it's like, it's like, it's like, if I take this this way and then this way, I can clone this to this and this to this and this to this and that. It'll be all fine, you know. You know, we can move her eyes over here, and you know that's a uh, that's pretty pretty common. Yeah, I, I do think though, if you're not processing your images, you're leaving a lot on the table. And you know, whether you do it with Adobe products or Aperture or something else, I mean, I think uh, you know you get a lot more out of a photo. What a photo comes out, how a photo comes out of the camera, you know, in RAW. I mean, there's just it's never going to be. Perfect. Is, is it okay with you if I use Aperture? 
Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, aperture is great. You know, that's <laughs> you know. I hear all this debate: aperture, Lightroom, aperture, Lightroom. Well, you kept saying Photoshop. So I just wanted to let oh, you, Photoshop, like, you know, yeah, or, yeah, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, but I you, do use aperture. It's like Canon, Nikon, Canon, Nikon. You know, who's yeah, better? Yeah, Nikon. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Here we go again. Did I say that out loud? Jeez. <laughs> I, do have, I do have a 5D sitting here on the table. So. <laughs> Thank you for representing. Uh, all right. You know, I do have a Canon a G9. Yeah. No, you do. Um. So. You're heading to Vegas. I read on your, was it Twitter or on FriendFeed or something that you're off to Vegas? Well, I, I, I might have put it on Twitter. Was Twitter up today? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was last week. I don't know. <laughs> there was like a moment where it was working. Yeah, okay. He, no. sl- he sneak, snuck it in there. Yeah, no, So no. you're 48 hours of shooting madness? Oh, what's, no. I'll, yeah, I'll go crazy in Vegas. What's uh, the deal? Yeah, where, just, where are you going? Is it just for, just for yeah, shooting? Yeah, just or? actually, I meet, there's a, a, a Flickr group that I'm a part of called Delete Me Uncensored. It's, oh, yeah, you mentioned You know, that. you guys have your critique group where everything's really nice. And Scott, you mentioned some. Pretty nasty critique groups. Well, this is one of the nasty ones. <laughs> oh, okay. so, okay. uh, so a bunch of uh, people from that group are actually uh, meeting up in Vegas. And so we're going to shoot and just go go crazy. And shoot stuff that and needs to be deleted. And you're going to do that in June. And I, I'm and doing I, that today. I'm leaving on a, today. And I yeah. imagine it's not going to stay in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, there'll be cameras and all <laughs> you that. You know, it's like That's 100 awesome. degrees in, in Las Vegas. Is it? Oh, yeah. Damn, perfect. Okay. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah no, no cool. you know, but a little bit back to the question of how you do it all. I mean, I think one thing you do... I do is I carry the camera with me everywhere I go. There's opportunities for everybody on your way when you're walking from your, you know, from my, in my case, my BART train to my office to, you know, uh, particularly even you take a macro lens. I mean, you can shoot anything. But well, it, now are you do you take a lot of pictures of people while you're walking? Uh, I do take. a Yeah, I do take some pictures of people. I mean, I, I literally shoot everything. But, mm-hmm. you know, the other thing I think, too, is, I mean, you know, for me, this is this is my passion. There's, there's, I mean, I'm very, very passionate about this. I think a lot of people waste time. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if you're that passionate about something, you can find the time. I mean, people do things like, you know, play video games and watch TV and, uh, you know, listen to audio books and stuff. No, I'm just kidding about that. <laughs> Wait a minute. He was, he was looking at Scott Bourne. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Audible rocks the Casbah. Can I say yeah. that? Is that out of the... That's good. Yeah, that's that. out of the commercial part, but still. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I think... but I, So I think if you're focused, if you're hyper-focused on something, it doesn't matter what it is. You're going to be an athlete. And, and the great be, thing about Audible is you can listen to those books while you're shooting. So you see, well, exactly. Multitasking, yeah. I'm assuming, yeah. is important to a guy like you. Yeah, I, I often, I oftentimes like to, uh, I oftentimes like to listen to the Spartans. Yeah, and this is probably a good segue to mention um, that uh, this show is indeed sponsored by Audible. If you go to www.audiblepodcast.com/twip, you'll find more than forty thousand titles. These are audio books on all kinds of subjects, and. And they sponsor us here at TWIP, and we appreciate them. And one of the things we've worked out with Audible is that if you listen to the show and go to that special URL, you can get a free, absolutely free, no-strings-attached, downloadable book, even if you decide not to remain with the service. Every week we try to get you some help on what to do. And I believe our producer, Aaron, is online. Aaron, you you got a, a pick for us here? Sure, sure. Got another pick from a book I finished in recent weeks. Um, for those who are fans of, uh, of both the HBO series uh, originally and, um, of course, the original book behind it, uh, Band of Brothers, there's a book by Major Dick Winters, who would be one of the 
key people that you follow in that series, uh, in that 10 or 11 part series that HBO did. Um, and the book is called Beyond Band of Brothers. It's his personal memoirs, uh, which fills in some gaps um, that are, you know, in the storyline of both the show and the original, uh, the original history that was written. And uh, so it's a far more personal approach uh, to the whole thing. And it was written in recent years. So he's written it all after, uh, you know, the major kind of commercial and public success of both the original book and the series. So uh, it uh, covers a lot of ground. It's beautifully written written and uh, anybody who is a fan of uh, of either of the original works would thoroughly enjoy this I'm a huge fan. absolutely enjoy this piece well you can use that pick or any other as your free downloadable pick it's in, free and it, it's did, our way of saying thanks it's free it's free it's free. It's free. It's not like you have to go up there and pay <laughs> nope. for it. It's free. No, it's free. And, you know, we're, we're not going to take advertising here on the show that isn't relevant or helpful. And so we worked out this deal that you get the free downloadable book. All you have to do is go to that special URL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash twip. We'll have that link as well in the show notes and check it out. And by the way, you know, we do the picks every week, but we are not in any way, shape or form you know, uh, saying that we have all the best picks. So if you want to send us an email with some of your best picks, let us know because we'll work that into the show. We thank Audible for their support. And we want to thank Thomas Hawk for taking the time to come down and be on the show. Thomas, where would you prefer? I mean, I know you're in like 100 places. Pick the top three. Where would you prefer that that, that people uh, find you? I, 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 I Just before I let you go, I just want to quickly mention that you are the CEO and or founder of Zoomer. Uh, correct. Yeah, I'm the CEO of Zoomer. Yeah. And and uh, this is sort of a Flickr-like service. z Yeah. Yeah. No, Zoomer is um, Zoomer's a photo sharing service. It's, it's, it's more like a, a Twitter meets Flickr uh, service right now than it is uh, so much of a – I'd call it a Flickr competitor. So people can go there. There and find out what that's about. Yeah, yeah, that's zoomer.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where else would you like people to go to find you? Uh, I'm at uh, thomashawk.com. That's my blog. Uh, I'm Thomas Hawk on FriendFeed. Uh, Thomas Hawk. I used to use that site called Twitter, but now, okay. now it's mo- mostly FriendFeed. You days, and Scoble so. are on some kind of war against Twitter, aren't you? <laughs> and then I do the photo walking stuff with Scoble. So we're, okay. we're doing a new show there. Well, thanks for being on, and we hope that you'll, you know, is it, is it possible? Is this, like, I'm just going to really reach here. Is it possible that someday you would help us organize a San Francisco photo? to walk for our twip listeners sure. in the bay area yeah no absolutely that'd be great how many what's the maximum amount of people we could safely put on a photo walk without like either getting arrested or having somebody run over them with the number 30 bus well that'd be the best part no <laughs> <laughs> no well i mean you, you 20 know, people go oh yeah yeah These 30 30 50 100 okay. i mean how i mean ha, i mean there's no limit to space uh, okay. uh, we did one in portland had probably 50 people okay. do one in seattle or, well, know, we'll work something out yeah. and try to get mr hawk back with us to do a, a love a, to a twip sponsored photo to walk around the Bay Area for those of you who are available to get here. We do need to move on uh, to some listener questions. We've, we're running a little short on time, as usual. So uh, we're, we're not going to get anywhere close uh, to answering a bunch of them. But I do want to answer uh, a question from Matt McDougall, who says, how do you break into photography? What sort of actions would you suggest to parlay my rough talent into a career? Event photography, for example, is something I naturally start doing whenever... I'm somewhere with my camera. My family probably puts up with it because they know they're going to get a photo album for Christmas. But he says, I don't expect to be the wedding photographer in my area overnight. But do you have any ideas on where to get started? Well, I do. The first place I would go is a wonderful book called 88 Secrets to Selling and Publishing Your Photography by Scott Bourne. Uh, after that, it's a machine, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Actually, that book is out of print. We're, we're trying to get it back. I, I think the best thing to do is, and we'll ask everybody for their opinions here, I do think that, that 
Thomas is a good example of the best place to start. If you want to break into professional photography, you've got to show the work, 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 show the work. And after you're done doing that, you've got to show the work. And you have to do the work. Yeah. The thing is, is that... Take pictures too, yeah. Well, I mean... Shoot something to show. Is that shooting a lot is anything, like anything. If you're going to get paid for it, it's not just that you can take a good photo every once in a while. What makes a what makes Tiger Tiger Woods Tiger Woods is that he can do it every hole. He's consistent. You know, you know, and, and consistency is a huge piece of it, and that means knowing your camera like it's part of your hand, knowing your you know, knowing your lens, knowing everything about how you're going to react to things, knowing light. Yeah, being being able to look at something and uh, make a decision, knowing what the camera is going to do with that. Why, before you take the photo and 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 that just comes you know that there's a the zen saying that you know the difference between a beginner and a master is 10,000 mistakes mm-hmm. and you just want to start burning through as many of those mistakes as fast as possible but you don't want to necessarily do that when people are paying you yeah. i want you to know? piggyback yeah. on that alex so yeah i think and like what scott said shoot 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 show 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 um and no 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 so know your <laughs> right <laughs> know your gear as well we got and, a right. song coming i hear no no <laughs> you know know the topic or know the the art and the science of photography intimately before you start charging for your skills but on top of that if you're going into this as a business you need to that's only like half the story maybe not even half the other half of it is having business sense and knowing how to build a business and sell these products that you're making because if you could be the best photographer in the world and be you know suck at business you're going in the hole you know that's why i'm so glad that god gave me business sense and i'm still working on being a good photographer so i mean you know i can can learn photography someday but i can sell the crap out of it right now his clients paid for his education basically yeah it's the other thing just so you know i used to run six wedding studios in the seattle area 80 percent of my day was selling 20 percent was shooting 80 percent was selling so that's the news that everybody kind of goes they hate to hear that it's not if you shoot it they will come right yeah, Let's the other see. thing I would add to uh, to Matt is, um, you know, obviously edit down your stuff and and show what you want to get. So That's in essence, really when you create a portfolio, uh, make it a portfolio of your best stuff of the kind of thing that you would like to do in your business because that's what that's what happens. I mean, I've seen photographers that you know are wedding photographers that want to be a travel photographer, but it's not going to happen until you have the portfolio to show people um, of the work that, that you want to get. The other thing, you know, have business cards, of course, the business thing. You've got to have a website or at least a Flickr site, but maybe, a, you know, get locked down your domain name and, uh, and, and start to, to market yourself. Look close to home. Look at friends and family. And and see if there's people that use photography, and that's one entree into it. And uh, and, well, and, uh, and there I, you go. And I think that uh, a lot of times, a lot of people that I know that have that are now doing this as a business, uh, you know, have started by doing something they were passionate about. I have a friend who who uh, who started taking pictures of martial arts tournaments because he's a martial artist. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and and then they said, hey, can you take can you start taking the group photos and you you know and it started building up. Now it's a, it's big business. You know, like, you know, it seems like a little niche, but that's what he was really in. Now, and, he, and then he parlayed that into more event photography, you know, corporate photography. You know, there's a lot of other things that that, that, that built into. But the point was is he started on something that he knew really well. So that when he was taking the photos, people, people in that area were like, oh, that's a great photo. Once you know? again, we could do a whole show on this and probably will. <laughs> and, so, you, and you can hang out by Harris, uh, Paris Hilton's house too in the bushes. That will make you some money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which pays for the medical. As long as you're not Egg McMahon, right? Yeah. <laughs> I do want to move on and get another question real quick. Um, Thomas Sweeting 
want some advice on shooting from a helicopter. Anybody done any shoot? Well, I saw I did some shooting from a helicopter back in 1972 in a place called Quan Tree, but it didn't involve any kind of cameras. So uh, I'm raising I, my hand. I've I done think, that. I think I think there's a person who actually used cameras out of helicopters in the room, Mister Mister Fred. Yeah. So a couple of a couple of pieces of advice. First what? of all, um, you want to make sure you're attached to the bottom <laughs> of the helicopter. <laughs> there's always With some that. sort of some sort of thing that can like you know support your weight. So. Um, but you know, a couple of tips of we. When I was in the Air Force, we shot out of UH one helicopters. Those are those those green helicopters you see everywhere. You know that the doors slide open on the side, and uh, basically we sit in the back on the side and with the doors open, fly around and, and shoot out of it. But one thing you learn very quickly is for some reason when you're in a helicopter at altitude, you dehydrate really, really quickly. Really quickly. So, I mean, you get, I get, when I get dehydrated, I start getting headaches and I can't focus. And, you know, so uh, before each flight, we would just pound water, you know, you know, as much water as we could get down and, and sort of time it so that by the time we landed, we could just run to the bathroom. Uh, but so that's the first piece of advice. Second piece of advice is, you know, uh, again, being attached to the, to the aircraft. But, you know, there's, there's lots of gear that you can get to take up there. Um, while I was active duty, we had these gyroscopic stabilizers that we would attach to the bottom of the, uh, of the cameras to sort of compensate for the movement of the egg beater or the helicopter. Um, so if, if there's something like that that you have access to, I would use that. Other, other than that, you know, the, the, the standard photography rules apply. Yeah. And they're faster. Uh, I shot, I've, shot a little bit and one thing that i made made a big difference is also be looking for shooting with a um, faster uh, shutter speed because yeah. you're moving yeah. around a lot if you can get up over you know one one thousandth of a second yeah uh, or faster you're not going to you know that that uh, internal shaking doesn't isn't as much of a problem i think the, the most challenging thing that i've ever shot from a helicopter was i was stationed down at vandenberg air force base and we had to uh, document the icbm test launches so we're in, sitting in a helicopter midnight or 1 a.m orbiting about three miles away from the launch <laughs> pad long exposures on a helicopter <laughs> Can you imagine? But the good thing is when those things light up, they light up everything. So it becomes daylight while right. you're shooting, you right. know. So you just have to sort of know you what's going on. You can't do out. a test exposure. You can. And we were shooting film, too. So you had to be on your game. Right. Yeah, no, no D3. You can't no say, hey, can you, can you launch that again? I had it set at the wrong ISO. <laughs> can, we just, can we go back to like... The seven in the countdown, seven, six. Yeah, 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 right yeah, there. yeah exactly. <laughs> I just want to uh, say we did have a couple of questions on 4th of July stuff. We're not going to cover them here on the show, but we will cover them on the blog. I'm going to do a yeah. post on what to do for 4th of July since that is around the corner. And uh, we'll, we'll help you with that. If you have questions, comments, or concerns for the TWIP panel, here's what you got to do. Go to your email and type in twipphoto at gmail.com. Send them to us. Or just go to the blog. And click on the link to send them to us or just post them up at Twip Ideas on Delicious. We've created many, many ways for you to communicate with us and let us know what you think. Be sure to visit Flickr as well to put images and stuff like that up it's, there. It's really great um, so that we can keep things connected to the show. If you go up to twipphoto.com and, uh, and make comments on the show, we really like Yeah, if you put them that. on the blog, that's easy. Because that, then, then we really get to see it. People get to react to it. We often react to it. I often react to it, even w- whether it's a video or audio. Uh, coming up to twipphoto.com and uh, making, those, um, uh, you know, making your comments there is an excellent way to make sure that uh, they get to the short list of what we're seeing. Yeah. So coming up next week, do we have any idea, Aaron? 
We're working on it, but we don't have any. We don't yet. have any idea. So coming up next week, we're, we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants. But as usual, we'll have maybe next week would be a good time to to have one of these discussions, like business or photographers' rights. We'll we'll talk amongst ourselves and uh, figure that out between weeks. I've got a new video coming, Woo-hoo. which is the promised video in response to I did my high end camera support video where I showed my my Arca Swiss L mounts and my Gitzo tripods and all that. So now we're going to go the other way. Stuff starting at 1995 to support your camera. Small, portable, lightweight, inexpensive. That's that's coming up uh, in between episodes and we'll, we'll be having that for you. And uh, anybody who's got anything else they want to contribute uh, before I do my tip of the week? Nope. Go for it. Okay, tip of the week. Uh, this is for those of you who use external lighting of any kind. Now, I know not everybody does. The Nikon shooters like to shoot at ISO 4 million and therefore don't need any kind of light source. Uh, a match seven miles away, apparently, is what they claim they're, they're going to use. But uh, for those of us who like to use light in our photos, this means whether you're using an on-camera strobe, which, by the way, I'd love to get you to get off the camera, or whether you're using studio lights or even just reflectors, here's a really important rule to remember. When you want to get the, life so- the light soft and natural looking, which is kind of what we all do want to do, you need to remember two things. The softness of the light is controlled by how big the light source is and how close it is to the subject. So let me say that again. That's the key tip here today. The size of the light source is very important. The bigger it is, the softer it will be. And the closer it is, the softer it will be. Now, that's the part that's counterintuitive. That's the part that freaks people out. They're like, well, wait a minute. How's that going to work? It'll be harsh. It's too close. No, it's going to work much better. The sun is a long ways from here, like trillions of light years. And at noon, you can see how harsh it is. But if it were closer, not we'd burn up. But, but <laughs> If it closed, we'd all be dead. If it didn't burn up, what would happen is it would wrap around that shadow. So that's the secret. You want to get your light source as close as you can. I did some studio photography for years with one giant eight-foot-wide octagon box by Ellen Crom. I typically position it four inches from my subject's face, and it was so big and so close that it was both a mane, a fill, and a hair light all in one thing. You could thing. stand right in front of it, eh, Scott? And it's still going to wrap around your subject. That is the one device that probably all New York fashion photographers at one time, that, that was their secret, yeah, and they're still using And I had a studio in New York at 3 Park Avenue South. That's where I learned that. So We, we do a lot of video shooting here, and, and uh, our lighting setup is not very complicated. You know, it is a, it is a really, really big softbox and a really big softbox. Now, if you, don't have a soft, <laughs> yeah, if you don't have a softbox, you can do this with a reflector, but get the mm-hmm. biggest reflector you can carry and manage, because once again, the larger that light source is right. and the closer it is, the more natural and soft your light's going to be. So that's this week's tip. And Alex, you have something to One more thing on? about it. We do have someone coming in that's going to be joining us next week. Lisa Betney. Oh, Lisa's going to be. Yeah. So we may have we another we may have next week else. show. Yeah. So Lisa, Lisa's coming in. Brain if, if you go to uh, mostlylisa.com, she spends uh, a lot of time in front of the camera and behind the camera. And when so you see her, you'll very, know why she spends more time. Uh, no, I don't know. I think she spends actually more time behind the camera. She's well, a very a avid. That's avid, a crime. <laughs> that, that's, very, very avid photographer. You see, this so we're tells very me excited. something about Canadians that I don't think would be flattering <laughs> to them. Well, she's a, you know, she's a very, she's a very. So we're geeky. having a Canuck on the show to join you, Steve. 
Yeah. Another Canadian, Another man. Another Canadian. You know, she's coming down from Vancouver. We're being infiltrated by Canadians on this we're show. We're slowly. We mm. walk amongst you. <laughs> Before you know it, it's going to be the United States of Canada. Here we go. Oh, Canada. Uh, oh. No. I'm impressed know. you know the, well, you know a couple of the words. Our right? home and native land. I'm so impressed. <laughs> I, I go to hockey games. Oh, right. Right, right, right. There you go. Sorry, so anyway, so Lisa sorry. will be here on the show. Yeah, so that's uh, next week. With us next week. But um, perhaps the week after we'll do some of that other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it's been a lot of fun. We want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks to the cast for coming on. Mr. Fred, where can people find you? Uh, well, they can find me at frederickvan.com, which, by the way, I also have a great video up there of Mr. Thomas Hawk. Yeah. Oh, uh, good. So head over there. Very check out. Cool. Did a great interview walking around with the G9. So I do use Canon. Um, or they can follow me on Twitter. Um, and my Twitter ID is fvjohnson. Mr. Steve Simon, you're not on the Twitter, but you do have a, a, a website. Someday I will be on the Twitter. I'm, I'm learning more about it, but uh, I'm at stevesimonphoto.com. Okay. And check out uh, Steve's work in his books. And um, you can follow me on the Twitter at Scott Bourne, on FriendFeed at Scott. Or you can just now go to my one kind of collector site. I built a Tumblr blog at scottborn.com, and I've got everything pointing at that I can. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's starting to get, you know, I get invited to join some social network about every 15 seconds. And if I joined them all, I'd forget my passwords to everything. and wouldn't even be able to shop at Safeway. I'd be so, so confused. But <laughs> I try to keep all the same. You know, you know, on Twitter, you know, it's just Alex Lindsay. And on, on Plurker, is it Plurker? I started playing with that. Yeah. I'm a little confused by that one. I think I'm just going to. Twitter's kind of my... Um, so you want people to go to Twitter to find you. Alex Lindsay. Alex Lindsay. And of course, the uh, Pixel Twitter. Core. PixelCore.tv, PixelCore.com. Yes. That's all we have for you on this week in photography. We look forward to seeing you next week in on the blog. Thanks to everybody for coming along to play. But for now, we're going to put the lens cap right back on. <laughs> <laughs>